Chapter Three, Part One of *The Shades of the Wilderness*. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. *The Shades of Wilderness* by Joseph A. Altshuler. Chapter Three: The Flooded River, Part One harry and dalton were aroused before daylight by colonel peyton of lee's staff with instructions to mount at once and join a strong detachment ready to go ahead and clear away sherburne's troop would lead the invincibles for whom mounts had been obtained would follow there were fragments of other regiments the whole force amounting to about fifteen hundred men under the command of sherburne who had been raised the preceding afternoon to the rank of colonel and whose skill and valor were so well known that such veterans as colonel talbot and lieutenant colonel st hilaire were glad to serve under him harry and dalton would represent the commander-in-chief and would return whenever colonel sherburne thought fit to report to him harry was glad to go while he had his periods of intense thought and his character was serious he was like his great ancestor essentially a creature of action his blood flowed more swiftly with the beat of his horse's hoofs and his spirits rose as the free air of the fields and forests rushed past him moreover he was extremely anxious to see what lay ahead if barriers were there he wanted to look upon them if the union cavalry were trying to keep them from laying bridges across the potomac he wanted to help drive them away harry and dalton had a right as aides and messengers of lee to ride with sherburne but before they joined him they rode among the invincibles who were in great feather because they too for the time being rode and toiled in neither dust nor mud colonel sherburne may think a good deal of his own immediate troop said st clair to harry but if the men of the invincibles could achieve so much on foot They'll truly deserve their name on horseback. Where is this enemy of ours? Lead us to him. You'll find him soon enough, said Harry. You South Carolina talkers have learned many times that the Yankees will fight. Yes, Harry, I admit it freely, but you must admit on your part that the South Carolinians will fight as well as talk, although at present most of the South Carolinians in this regiment are Virginians. But not our colonel and lieutenant colonel, said Happy Tom. Real old South Carolina still leads. May they always lead, said Harry heartily, looking at the two grave figures. Tell Colonel Sherburne, said Happy Tom, who was in splendid spirits, that we congratulate him on his promotion and are ready to obey him without question. All right, he'll be glad to know that he has your approval. He might have the approval of worse men. I feel surging within me the talents of a great general, but I'm too young to get him recognized. You'll have to wait until the sections are not fighting each other, but are united against a common foe. But meanwhile, I'll tell Colonel Sherburne that if he gets into a tight pinch not to lose heart, as you are here. Saluting Colonel Talbot and Lieutenant Colonel St. Hilaire, Harry and Dalton rode to the head of the column, where Sherburne led. They ate their breakfast on horseback, and went swiftly down the valley in the general direction of the Potomac. The dawn had broadened into full morning, clear 
and bright save for a small cloud that hung low in the southwest which sherburne noticed with a frown that's a little cloud and it looks innocent he said to harry but i don't like it why not because in the ten minutes that i've been watching it i've been able to notice growth i'm weather-wise and we may have more rain more rain means a higher potomac a higher potomac means more difficulty in crossing it more difficulty in crossing it means more danger of our destruction and our destruction would mean the end of the confederacy he spoke with deadly earnestness as he continued to look at the tiny dusky spot on the western sky harry had a feeling of awe again he realized that such mighty issues could turn upon a single hair the increase or decrease of that black splotch might mean the death or life of the confederacy as he rode he watched it his heart sank slowly the little baby cloud looking so harmless was growing he said to himself in anger that it was not but he knew that it was black at the centre it radiated in every direction until it became pale gray at the edges and by and by as it still spread it gave to the southwest an aspect that was distinctly sinister sherburne shook his head and the gravity of his face increased as the cloud grew alarm grew with it in his mind maybe it will pass said harry hopefully i don't think so it's not moving away it just hangs there and grows and grows you're a woodsman harry and you ought to feel it don't you think the atmosphere has changed i didn't have the courage to say so until you asked me but it's damper if i were posing as a prophet i should say that we're going to have rain and so should i usually at this period of the year in our country we want rain but now we dread it like a pestilence at any other time the potomac could rise or fall whenever it pleased for all i cared but now it's life and death our doubts are decided and we've lost look sir the whole southwest is dark now and here come the first drops sherburne sent hurried orders among the men to keep their ammunition and weapons dry and then they bent their heads to the storm which would beat almost directly in their faces soon it came without much preliminary thunder and lightning the morning that had been warm turned cold and the rain poured hard upon them most of the horsemen were wet through in a short time and they shivered in their sodden uniforms but it was a condition to which they were used and they thought little of themselves but nearly all the while of the potomac few words were spoken the only sounds were the driving of the rain and the thud of many hoofs in the mud harry often saw misty figures among the trees on the hills and he knew that they were watched by hostile eyes as the northern armies were always watched with the same hostility it was impossible for lee's men to make any secret march the population intensely loyal to the union promptly carried news of it to meade or his generals twice he pointed out the watchers to sherburne who merely shrugged his shoulders i might send out men and cut off a few of them he said but for what good hundreds more would be left and we'd merely be burdened with useless prisoners here's a creek ahead harry and look how muddy and foamy it is it's probably raining harder higher up in the hills than it is here and all these creeks and brooks go to swell the potomac 
the swift water rose beyond their stirrups and there was a vast splashing as fifteen hundred men rode through the creek it was a land of many streams and a few miles farther on they crossed another equally swollen and swift they had hoped that the rain like the sudden violence of a summer shower would pass soon but the skies remained a solid gray and it settled into a steady solemn pour cold and threatening and promising to continue all day long they could see that every stream they crossed was far above its normal mark and the last hope that they might find the potomac low enough for fording disappeared the watchers on the hills were still there despite the rain but they did no sharpshooting nor did the southern force do damage to anybody or anything as it passed near noon sherburne resolved to build a fire in a cave protected by cliffs and heavy timber and give his men warm food lest they become dispirited it was a task to set the wet wood but the men of his command used to forest life soon mastered it then they threw on boughs and whole tree trunks until a great bonfire blazed and roared merrily thrusting out innumerable tongues of red and friendly flame is there anything more beautiful than a fine fire at such a time said st clair to harry as it blazes and eats into the wood it crackles and those crackling sounds are words what do the words say they say come here and stand before me so long as you respect me and don't come too close i'll do nothing but good i'll warm you and i'll dry you i'll drive the wet from your skin and your clothes and i'll chase the cold out of your body and bones i'll take hold of your depressed and sunken heart and lift it up again where you saw only gray and black i'll make you see gold and red i'll warm and cook your food for you giving you fresh life and strength with my crackling coals and my leaping flames i'll change your world of despair into a world of hope hear hear said happy tom arthur has turned from a sodden soldier into a giddy poet is any more poetry left in the barrel arthur plenty but i won't turn on the tap again to-day i've translated for you i've shown you where beauty and happiness lie and you must do the rest for yourself they crowded about the huge fire which ran the entire length of the cove and watched the cooks who had brought their supplies on horseback great quantities of coffee were made and they had bacon and hard biscuits although the rain still reached them in the cove they forgot it as they ate the good food any food was good to them and drank cup after cup of hot coffee youthful spirits rose once more it wasn't such a bad day after all it had rained many times before and people still lived also the potomac had risen many times before but it always fell again they were riding to clear the way for lee's invincible army which could go wherever it wanted to go men on horseback looking at us hailed happy tom about fifty on a low hill to our right look like yankee cavalrymen wonder what they take us for anyway harry st clair langdon and dalton walked to the edge of the cove every one holding a cup of hot coffee in his hand sherburne was already there and with his glasses was examining the strange group as well as he could through the sweeping rain a scouting party undoubtedly he said 
but weather has made their uniforms and ours look just about alike it's equally certain though that they're yankees no troop of ours so small would be found here harry was also watching them through the glasses and he took particular note of one stalwart figure mounted upon a powerful horse the distance was too great to recognize the face but he knew the swing of the broad shoulders it was shepherd and once more he had the uneasy feeling which the man always inspired in him he appeared and reappeared with such facility and he was so absolutely trackless that he had begun to appear to him as omniscient of course the man knew all about sherburne's advance and could readily surmise its purpose they're an impudent lot to sit there staring at us in that supercilious manner said colonel talbot shall i take the invincibles sir and teach them a lesson sherburne smiled and shook his head no colonel he said although i thank you for the offer they'd melt away before you and we'd merely waste our energies let them look as much as they please and now that the boys have eaten their bread and bacon and drunk their coffee and are giants again we'll ride on toward the potomac do we reach it today sir asked colonel talbot not before tomorrow afternoon even if we should not be interrupted this is the enemy's country and we may run at any time into a force as large as our own if not larger thank you for the information colonel sherburne my ignorance of geography may appear astonishing to you although we had to study it very hard at west point but i admit my weakness and i add as perhaps some excuse that i have lately devoted very little attention to the northern states it did not seem worth my time to spend much study on the rivers and creeks and mountains of what is to be a foreign country although i may never be able to think of john carrington and many other of my old friends in the army as the foreigners they're sure to become has the thought ever occurred to you colonel that by our victories we're making a tremendous lot of foreigners in america it has colonel talbot but i can't say that the thought has ever been a particularly happy one it's the yankees who are being made into foreigners said lieutenant colonel st hilaire the gallant southern people of course remain what they are they're going said harry they've seen enough of us the distant troop disappeared over the crest of the hill harry had noticed that shepherd led the way as if he were the ruling spirit but he did not consider it necessary to say anything to the others about him the trumpet blew and sherburne's force mounting rode away from the cove harry cast one regretful glance back at the splendid fire which still glowed there and then resigned himself to the cold and rain they did not stop again until far into the night the rain ceased but the whole earth was sodden and the trees on the low ridge on which sherborne camped dripped with water spies might be all around them but for the sake of physical comfort and the courage that he knew would come with it he ordered another big fire built vigilant riflemen took turns in beating up the forests and fields for possible enemies but the young officers once more enjoyed the luxury of the fire their clothing was dried thoroughly and their tough and sinewy frames recovered all their strength and elasticity to enjoy being dry it is well to have been wet said dalton sententiously that's just like you you old presbyterian said happy tom 
I suppose you'll argue next that you can't enjoy heaven unless you first burned in the other place for a thousand years There may be something in that said Dalton gravely although the test of course would be an extremely severe one I Know which way you're headed George then tell me because I don't know myself as soon as this war is over you'll enter the ministry and no sin will get by you not even those nice little ones that all of us like to forgive maybe you're right happy and if i do go into the ministry i shall at once begin long and earnest preparation for the task which would necessarily be the most difficult of my life and may i make so bold as to inquire what it is george your conversion happy langdon grinned but why do you want to convert me George? I'm perfectly happy as I am For your own well-being Tom your happiness is nothing to me, but I want to make you good Both laughed the easy laugh of youth, but Harry looked long at Dalton He thought that he detected in him much of the spirit of Stonewall Jackson and that here was one who had in him the makings of a great minister the thought lingered with him St. Clair was carefully smoothing out his uniform and brushing from it the least particle of mud His first preoccupation always asserted itself at the earliest opportunity and in a very short time He was the neatest looking man in the entire force Harry although he often jested with him about it secretly admired this characteristic of St. Clair's You boys sleep while you can said Sherburne because we can't afford to linger in this region our safety lies in rapid marching giving the enemy no chance to gather a large force and trap us Make the best of your time because we're up and away an hour after midnight The young officers were asleep within ten minutes But the vigilant riflemen patrolled the country in a wide circuit about them Sherburne himself although worn by hard riding slept but little anxiety kept his eyes open he knew that his task to find a passage for the army across the swollen Potomac was of the utmost importance And he meant to achieve it He understood to the full the dangerous position in which the chief army of the Confederacy stood His own force might be attacked at any moment by overwhelming numbers and be cut off and destroyed or captured But he also knew the quality of men he led and he believed they were equal to the task End of chapter 3, part 1